friends, and welcome to the 200th episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. 200. What? Okay, I prayed about this, thought about this. Um, This is actually me live. I'm recording this right now on um, June 28th, so... Still, um, I'm starting to come slowly back in from my sabbatical, but this this podcast today was actually an interview and a conversation on calling an interview because this is my friend Francie Winslow. Do you guys know Francie Winslow? If you don't know her, you're about to know her. You're about to love her, and you're about to get wrecked. I got wrecked. Let me ask you this question. Well, probably kind of a dumb question, but... Where's your phone right now? Probably in your hand. Uh, how many times have you checked your social media today? Can you can you even remember how many times you've checked your social media today? How many emails are in your inbox right now? Uh, how many computers do you have in your house? Do you sleep with your bed by your phone? <laughs> okay, I could probably keep going, and I might be annoying you today. I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna get under your skin today. We myself and Francie. Just, just right now, just wave the white flag, put your hands up, and say, I surrender. I surrender. This podcast is not for the faint of heart. This is for the tired heart. This is for the fractured heart. This is for the heart that goes, gosh, I'm exhausted. You are a Elijah, 1 Kings 19, sitting under the broom bush crying, but yesterday you were slaying 500 prophets. <laughs> The frenetic mind, the mind that feels like, I just need a moment, I just need rest. Well, welcome. This podcast is for you. We are talking about the deep work of going deep, having sound minds again, and what is stealing this from us, and I think you probably know what it is. So the funny thing is I realize it might seem like I'm shooting myself in the foot. I'm grateful for the podcast. I'm grateful that you have a phone, that you can hear this right now. I'm grateful that we can grow and spur one another on using the tool of technology. Technology is not a bad thing, but there is something in our hearts that longs for more, and the technology or the food or the fitness, or insert whatever, will never satisfy those longings. But today we got to get honest about this one. This is real for me. I share with you my own like crashing into the wall with technology um, moments that kind of actually led me into sabbatical time. The things that I've learned on sabbatical, um, my friendship with Francie, how the message she has brought to me, which is such a God moment, and the two words, deep work. You were created for depth, deep work, and it will not be easy to get there. I promise I've always said the gospel, it's simple, but it's not easy. It is simple, and it will cost you things that you never thought you could pay to give you everything you ever thought you need. I promise you. So listen closely today. We have a lot of great um, tips and uh, ideas for you on how to kind of begin to to get back to your sound mind, to a whole mind, to a mind that can hold deep thoughts. Uh, we'll give you some practicals. And I, I really believe you got to share this podcast today. Share it with good friends. Share it with friends that you feel like anyone want to help me out on this. We're going to need one another. We, the church, the body of Christ, are going to need one another in authenticity, transparency. You're going to hear that from Francie and myself today. But we need one another. I can't do this alone. I can't do it without you. And so thanks for letting me do this with you. One more reminder, the Wellness Revelation is pre-order right now. You can get it um, at Amazon if you haven't. We are going to have a lot to say about this. And actually what I'm talking about today, this mind health, this brain health, this has everything to do with the wholeness of who we are. And that book, the Wellness Revelation, just really encapsulates all that God is doing in this ministry of heart, soul, mind, and strength, living John 10, 10 full lives. So go check that out. And thanks for leaving a, re- a review for those of you that have. All right, I will not leave and uh, not hang on to you anymore. I want you to go listen to this. You're going to want to take notes, I promise you. Um, and be blessed. So grateful for you. You guys have a great day. Peace. Hi, Francie. Hello, Alisa. How are you? 
doing awesome. How are you? I'm good. It's always strange, I have to say. So if you're here right now, we're actually Skyping uh, Francie and I. And we are friends, so it's always funny when we're like, okay, now we put on our, our podcast hat. But um, yes. it, this is so... So nice to be with you today. It is so nice to be with you. I so have admired you for so long. <laughs> for real. Francie is someone in my life. You got, You know, like for me... If you're a listener to this podcast, I just want you to meet all the people that I know that um, ring the freedom bell. Like they live life um, fully, completely transparent, whole, not perfect, but on purpose. And this is who Francie is to me. So I'm just super excited for you to meet her today. And plus we get to kind of share with you um, something that is single-minded that we feel like the Lord is doing Um just kind of brought us together on this mission. And it also lines up, if you've been listening to podcasts prior to this and maybe some of my Facebook lives, um, if you know, I've been on sabbatical uh, for the last six going on seven weeks. And I'm actually breaking a little bit of my sabbatical right now to come in, (laughs) really to talk with my friend. I was like, Francie, we got to talk about this right now because it just feels like fresh manna. It feels like this is Mm -hmm. manna for today, for right now. And so we, I wanted to come and do that. So I, I'm just so glad, Francie, that you're here. So let's tell people, let's give them a little backstory. How did we meet? How did our paths cross? Do you remember? I totally remember. Um, we were at the Declare Conference that was now um, three years ago. Only exactly. Th- only so three I think, years. Wow. Yeah. Mary Frances, my little one who That's had right. just been born. I had an eight week old with me in tow and I was speaking there and you were there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we were there in Dallas together and we met there. Yeah. That Declare conference, I have to tell those, I need to go back and tell Heather and all the gals that started that. That was a very, that put some relationships in my life that I still have blossomed today. That's so, so let me side note to anyone who like, because I went there, I didn't know anybody. Now, granted, I went on to share the message of revelation wellness, but I'd never gone before. I had no idea. Why would we go to a blogging pod, you know, a blogging world guy. I just didn't know what I was doing. I'd never done it before. felt like a fish out of water always as a fitness ministry. Mm. Um, but man, did it just, but you weren't, you totally blessed all the women there and you brought, you brought the good stuff. Yeah. Well, I know it's kind it of hard. Good. I'm a little, well, what you said, I have to share this real quick. What you said when we first met, I think I had spoken and I, I did speak on freedom yeah. and inner healing. And yeah. that was kind of my message for that um, keynote section of the conference. And I shared my testimony and my journey into freedom and you were so sweet. I didn't know at that point all the freedom bells you were ringing that you were going after that. But you said, um, you know, I want to come alongside of you and be a cheerleader in any way that I can in your life. Yeah. And I think something in me resonated with something in you. And I remember coming home and tell my, telling my husband, I cannot believe she wants to be, A, a friend of mine, but just cheer me on and being willing to get in a boat. I never had anybody mm-hmm. say, I want to come alongside of you and cheer you on. And I think after that, I just felt incredibly loved by God, but also just amazed and inspired to do that with other women to say, Hey, I want to cheer you on. I want to see you finish well. Cause that's what you told me. I want to see you finish well. And that's the idea. It's not to get a big platform. It's not to be famous. It's not to, um, accomplish a bunch of stuff. It's to run the race well and to finish well and to run in a way that's worthy of Christ. And I felt like what you were saying is I want to make sure that that happens in your life. And what a mother heart you have (laughs) to do that. I feel so taken under your wing and loved by God in that. And I've been able to do that with some other mamas and just say, Hey, I want to see you finish well. I want to cheer you on. And um, you have me to do that. So thank you. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, that's, I kind of go, yeah, that would be like me to do that. Like I'm such a cheerleader. Okay. Cause anyone can start, right? Anyone can start going after Christ. Anyone can start it, but it's the finish. Like, come on. That's where the the days can get long and the years even longer. So tell people what you, what you feel like God's called on a a ministry of your life or a little bit about what you do. Well, my life is extremely full at the moment with five little youngings in my house. I have a (laughs) nine, eight, five, three, and four month old. (laughs) And yeah, it's awesome. It is so amazing. I homeschool them and I'm not one of those homeschoolers in a cape. I was a reluctant homeschooler. And, you know, I regularly thank God, whatever he's calling us into, whenever he calls us, it's going to be good. And it's going to be hard, but it'll be good. 
And I did not want to do homeschooling and I finally succumbed to it. And he, I just thank the Lord. I think, thank you God that you didn't let me miss this gift because his presence is in our home and we sense daily breakthroughs happening and it's hard. It's a grind, but I feel like that's my priority of my ministry right now is building disciples in my home, investing in them, uh, fostering encounters with them in my home, really hosting the presence of God so that my kids can feel him and know him and experience him and then investing in my marriage. And, um, I try to speak. I limit my speaking. I speak about once a month max during the school year. So I speak mostly locally to mom's groups because that's what I feel the grace to do. I turn down most far away engagements just because um, I don't want to leave my family yeah. <laughs> and I want to be here. And I yeah. feel um, I feel God giving me his uh, sense of pleasure when I'm when I'm keeping those boundaries. So. That's kind of what I do. I write and I speak about wholeness and marriage and sexuality and having an integrated theology of our spirits and our bodies. So that's why I love what you do so much too. Yeah, that's where I would say for sure, um, Francie, to me, when I dig, when I, I met her at the conference, digged a little deeper, I'm like, oh my gosh, this this woman and I were more connected than just out yes. of a real fire for the Lord. Like it also, she, yeah. Francie understands um, and champions the connection of the body to yeah. the 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 fullness of who we are in God like it's not a side j- it's, yeah it's the complete it's not a side thing and it's not like a, a Francie is not like a CrossFit like competitor or <laughs> right no she's just mm-hmm. a mom who gets it at a really um the the full level of what matters most what what things is she called to do and I think if I can say I mean if you guys have journeyed along with me I don't, I, I've, I'm, I, <laughs> the Lord has been a good mother and a father to me. And mm-hmm. I've, I've had the friendships of others that are even younger than me. Cause Francie, you're, how old are you? If you don't mind me asking. Thir- I'm 32. She's 32 friends. I'm 46. I have learned things from Francie <laughs> <laughs> um, that I needed to know as a mother, as a friend, as a wife. And she challenges, she will challenge you. So, you know, we just, I'm just grateful for how God's given you a vision for living life with your family and things that matter most. And you say no to things. You say yes more to your family than anyone I know. You know, you're yes to your family and a no to the world in so many ways. I'm like, wow, she shows, she really does that. So I am grateful. So with that, everyone, mm-hmm. that's a little bit of how we met. And um, this would be not unlike God to deposit something into Francie and I separately, but yet then bring it together. So um, as you know, for me, six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, I was called in sabbatical. And my sabbatical place really came out of, I hit a wall. I probably, I didn't steward my heart well. I didn't long and really set up the boundaries that needed to be with me and Christ alone. Um, so that's why I'm really have been this hungry place of, I've, I've said this before on my previous Facebook, that the last six to seven weeks with, for me, the sabbatical has literally been about sitting with the Lord. All mm. I do is sit with him. He told me, put the word away, put the word down, mm. don't study anymore. Don't, it's mm-hmm. that be still and know, says that cease, striving, cease, working, cease, doing whatever it is you did and just sit yeah. here and be still and know. Francie already kind of had a rhythm of that in your life, correct? Something that you, yes. and where did that come from for you? So I um, was blessed enough to have the opportunity to get a master's from Wheaton College in evangelism and leadership. Mm-hmm. And I had a professor named Ruth Haley Barton. And she wrote a book called Sacred Rhythms. Mm-hmm. And so I had learned early in my life, walking with Jesus, the power and goodness of meeting with him daily. Then she kind of helped me take it to the next level after um, when I was in my early 20s of practicing the gift of silence and solitude. That mm-hmm. would be the fancy spiritual word for being quiet and alone with God, not attending a Bible study or attending church, mm-hmm. but coming alone with him so you can be face to face and being still. Because that be still and know, that Psalm 46 is be still and um, yada. It's like an intimate knowing yeah. as Adam knew Eve. Right. God is inviting us to that place of knowing him, revelatory knowledge in our spirits, not just brain knowledge and in, in data. And so being still in order to deeply experience intimacy, she um, 
kind of reveal, she showed me what that looks like in her life. And that's the most powerful thing I think is not just more ideas, but what does that look like in your life? And she wrote a book called Sacred Rhythms and it talks about all these wonderful spiritual disciplines and she sees it more in light of a rhythm, a daily, a weekly, monthly, and yearly rhythm of feeding your life with these different um, rhythms that provide space for transformation Mm. as opposed to living our life reactionary and from a place of tiredness and emptiness, she rearranges her life in order to foster spiritual transformation. So I first learned then, and I was um, had a newborn when my my second was a newborn. I was sitting in my I remember sitting in my living room practicing silence because she challenged us to do that. Literally, get a timer out and see how long you can sit in silence. And if you try that, probably thirty seconds go by, and it's like ding ding ding. All of these <laughs> thoughts are zipping through your mind, yeah. and it's a it's not um, something that comes automatic to us in our Amen. world of busyness. We have to train our spirits to settle down into Him and to breathe and to rest and to receive so that what is in us becomes quieted in his presence. And that takes time. Yeah. I, I was trying, I think in my own strength and I was like, God, just take me there. And so I would, I would just rest. It wasn't a striving or a, a thing of trying to perform for God. It was just teach me how to do this. And I started with like, um, two minutes, literally I would set yeah. a timer. Can I be still and just be with God for two minutes. And anytime a, a distracting thought came, you just, you don't kick yourself or, you know, condemn yourself. You just bring it back to Jesus. It just mm-hmm. sometimes repeat a word or a phrase like mm-hmm. you're good God and mm-hmm. recenter. Centering prayer is another word for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then getting up to 15 minutes, 20 minutes and your spirit goes somewhere different Yeah, and you can get quiet. And um, so I think God was good enough to give me that um, gift of a mentor, a teacher when I was young and had young kids, cause yeah. it's given me a lifeline to hold on to that. Even though things are crazy in my life to regularly practice silence as a mom of five. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's in the morning, sometimes it's in the afternoons, but, um, it's looked different as social media, as things online have grown and changed. Even my world has looked different. So fighting for it has looked different in different seasons, but yeah. It's kind of where it began. Okay, so I'm I'm know that I know right now all well all the people's bells are going off. Like everyone's going well, or or just the topic may there's a part of us that just minimizes the topic and just says, No, not important, you know, silence. Yeah. And and what we're gonna talk about next, what we're moving to, I really believe this is the foundation. Like this is the this is the the beginning place of can I just be still? Like for one minute. Yeah. Can I just sit yeah. here? with a thought or um, get a clear thought and not have monkeys on my mind. Hold it. Right, and mm-hmm. just hold it. Like I think we're losing that. And I would say I was in the, the place of depletion. Like I was studying First Kings 19. I actually was reading her book, um, the um, what was the other one? The Silence Invitation and of Solitude. Solitude. Silence and Solitude, mm-hmm. yeah. And she, as soon as I started reading it, Francie, I was like, oh, Lord, again, she opens up with 1 Kings 19. Mm-hmm. First Kings 19 has been like chasing That's me. That's crazy. It's been chasing it's me from <laughs> the very oh, beginning. God loves you. God oh, loves you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, all right, we're, I surrender all. Like, totally so good. Under arrest. Here it is. But the way she talks about, you know, you will enter into silence and solitude either willingly, like when with a heart of like, okay, I'm going to try this. It's not going to be, it's kind of like a a person that needs to lose weight. You'll either do it willingly at a point like you go, okay, I got to get healthy. I'm just, I'm I'm ready. Or you're forced into it by some crisis. Like you have a heart attack, you cancer comes or something. And for me, I was, it was a crisis. It literally felt like. I, I, yeah. I'm done. Like if, if you don't do whatever needs to be done and God's so merciful on both sides, is he not? So gentle. It's He's not so like gentle. you got more or less of him on either side. He's the same Absolutely. God who says, I hem you in. If you run, I'm waiting. When you're willing, I'm waiting. Like he's the same God. Yeah. So from that place, um, for me personally, began a lot of this, the value of stillness and silence. And I craved it the minute I started to sit in it. But I think the fatigue mm-hmm. and the exhaustion really helped me <laughs> to just be like lobotomy. Like I had nothing. So I just sat there. But God yeah. started doing stuff in that. But now as I'm yeah. getting ready to enter back into workspace and, you know, a book is about to be released. And and God yeah. loves having us on mission with him and like partnering yes. with him. Like that's a good thing. But I'm very rooted in the fact like, okay, 
we can't lose this. So yeah. this goes to the next place. What we're really talking about today um, was this concept of deep work. So why don't you tell people yeah. what you? I, I'm running a lot. I'm out on the on the um, uh, the mountain preserves. <laughs> on a Saturday morning running along, just talking with the Lord, really thanking him for like, God, you're doing such deep work in me, like in this mm-hmm. silence. You're rewiring my brain, this deep work. Man, like what have I been running from my whole life? Like I've just, in all this time, it's just been sitting and letting you love me, letting me letting me yeah. cry, letting me mourn yeah. my youth, letting me mourn some things that I've been running from. So I'm like, but I'm out in the desert just kind of praising him and I... I get a boxer from Francie and tell me what was going on with you. Okay. So what I love about you is I can call you and say, this is what God's doing. Hold me accountable to it or let me process this. But I, um, I was online. I have a little YouTube channel that's, you know, not a big deal, but I, I was on YouTube and a, a video popped up. I feel like God does this regularly. It's a video that I needed to see. And it was a guy named Cal Newport and it's his title. It was a Ted talk. Um, why I quit social media. And I have this love-hate relationship with social media, and I have for a very long time because I don't – I'm honestly not very good at stewarding it. I'm not very good at staying in a healthy place with it. It feels like I either either quit it and retreat because I say, I just want more of God. I don't want anything other than that because it's too much for me or I feel fragmented by it. Yeah. So it it piqued my interest and he gives this amazing, I highly recommend just watching it. It will give you a really good snapshot, but he, he kind of explains his theory of deep work and how social media is portrayed as something that we must have in our world. But, um, it actually is the antithesis of deep work, which is what we were designed and created mm-hmm. to offer to the world. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we get so distracted by what is shallow, which is scrolling and endless input from various um, sources. It deadens our ability to go to the deeper places of creativity. And he's mm-hmm. talking about even from a business perspective, but it nailed me. Yeah. So I immediately bought his book and devoured it and called Elisa <laughs> and I said, hey, I can't help but read this book and I need to share it with you. These are the things that God's doing in me and I want you to hold me accountable. But the book is called Deep Work, Rules mm-hmm. for Focused Success in a Distracted World. Yeah. And I would love to be corrected. I don't know what his faith background is. I'd love to know that, you know, I would love to think he's a Christian, but this book is not from a Christian perspective. It's mm-hmm. a business book, but God was speaking speaking to me through it. And um, I called you and I just said, hey, I want depth. I don't want to go shallow. Yeah. I don't want to sacrifice my mind that is called to be the mind of Christ because it's fragmented with way too much input and yeah. way too many um, distractions. And I kind of gave you an idea of what that might look like in my season. And I just said, pray for me and keep me accountable because I want more. Oh, and so here I am. Like, <laughs> and I know what she was talking about. Like, I know that she was talking about, like, listen, I just, there's some things I'm doing in my life I want to be held accountable to. I want to be really present to my family. And in all of that, I was like, just the two words, deep work. I was like, whoa, what's going on? Okay, there is a connection here to yeah. the ability for me to stay present and be present and the healing that God is doing to yes. through me in this time. And my inability to stay, to go deep and to stay still is keeping me from uh, the, the John 10, 10. Like that's the every, right? And here I am as a minister proclaiming, we you know, the freedom and what we have. But yeah. I am my own worst, insert yes. the blank of the We sabotage ourselves. Absolutely. So yeah. I just remember running along going yes to the deep work. I didn't really know what she meant about the Cal Newport book, but I was like, yes, God's doing deep work. This is all about something he wants to do because he wants to do it in us then through us right so the deep work in the silence and the solitude the deep work of being his practicing that if if we can't even do that then we're prevy to scroll and to live surface lives so then as she talked about the book I went home I got the book and I ate it up like crazy (laughs) and you're right it is a business book but it gave me as I was saying the question of well how do I enter back into ministry what how do we mm-hmm. do this? You've been so good to me, Lord. Like, I don't want to lose the freedom I have. I don't want to lose this this work that you've done. And and um, that book began to give really good science, like mind understanding and science yes. and then practicals and also just real honesty of like, what are we doing? So I want to say the, the so again, the, the book will be in the show notes and I'll also put that TED talk in there as well. But 
one of the things that really lit up for me, and which I'm hoping as a culture of Revelation Wellness, and you know, we have these instructors that he hit on is that we are living in a time that the commodity of deep work, um, the value of it will go up because there'll be so little of it. And yet the cost for it will come at all these tiny little things that we're willing to give up. So are we willing to fall back into I'm not on social media or where I'm not going to be or the things that I'm not going to do that somehow give me a false sense of connection to others so yes. that I can go quiet and do this deep focused work. So what yes. what does what does the deep work mean to you, Francie? Like what what does that connect for you when you go I want to live on mission in a deep work kind of way? Yeah. Okay, so I guess the opposite of deep is shallow, right? And he talks about how um, what is shallow work are idle kind of tasks that are um, somewhat mind, mindless, like emails, scrolling Facebook, anything, posting updates, retweeting things, anything in the business world that you can do that someone else could do for you that's shallow. Deep work is the stuff that only you, you can, can do. do. Yeah. Only oh, you were on. designed to produce something. Woo. And that immediately nailed me because I could spend all of my time being busy as maybe a speaker or a writer, or somebody who wants to make an impact on the world, retweeting or creating cute little pictures or thinking of little posts to do here and there just to create activity. (laughs) But someone else could do that for me. And it it hit me because he's talking about business creativity and market, the market drive for fresh products and fresh ideas. But the Lord is like, Francie, I have called you to have the mind of Christ because I've put something in you that only you can deliver to the world. And if you spend all of your time doing mind-numbing things that just keep you busy. What you're sacrificing is the offering that's deep inside of you that I long to stir up and serve the world because you're so busy doing shallow work, there's no space for deep work. And what really startled me was you, I can, I've kind of argued this for a couple years with my husband who is a very uh, wise man and does a lot of kind of self, um, self development in his life, but he has been talking about the damage of social media and the distraction really that it is. It's not bad. It's a helpful tool if you use it correctly, Correctly. but it can be so distracting. And what happens when we train our brain to crave novel stimuli, which he talks about, which is something new. Quick check, I just gotta pick it up where, it's so bad, Elisa, that I have found myself in seasons picking up my phone for zero reason. I Mm -hmm. unlock it automatically, scroll Mm -hmm. through all of my social media outlets for no reason except just to check. And then I get lost in something and realize 30 minutes has gone by. Ah. And that happens multiple times a day. There's a a Relevant Magazine article posted about how social media is killing our spiritual lives. Um, I'll send you the link for that too. But it it says millennials check their phones 75 times a day on average. So I'm a millennial. And I guess probably about 50 times for me. And then I read down like maybe that's right too. And so what grieves me is what he talks about scientifically where when we train our brains to crave entertainment, to crave something new, which is novel stimuli, we're literally rewiring our brains Ah. to crave distraction and to be addicted to new nuggets of nothingness. (laughs) That's hit my spirit so deeply. I literally had moments where I had to put the book down and be like, oh God, forgive Forgive me. me. because my brain, he gave me this picture. He's like, Francie, your brain is like a field that I've given you to steward, nourish, nurture, plant seeds in, grow, establish, because I want to produce something amazing, a harvest of righteousness from your mind, from your creativity, from the gifts that I've given you so that you can hold my thoughts and deliver them to the world. But when your mind is rewired to crave only distraction, literally the circuits aren't strong enough to hold a thought very long. There it is. That's why I have to fill it with another new there thought, it is. a new thought, a new there thought. It is. And the Lord is like, I want to draw you away from that addiction to go deeper in what is good, which is the deep places of me, the deep places of creativity, even the deep places of being able to consider a person for long periods of time yeah. in prayer. Yeah. Social media, you know, you see 50 to 100 people in five minutes 
even that breaks down our ability to truly consider someone. Mm. What are you saying about this? And mm. to consider how to deliver a word prophetically, an encouragement, a prayer. How do I meditate on scripture? All of those things, which don't even necessarily have market value in the same way he's talking about, have kingdom value. Mm. And we're destroying our ability to do that by being addicted to novel stimuli, which mm. manifests itself in social media, largely. And it's all on our phone that we carry around with us everywhere we go. <laughs> so the, there's an author, Douglas Rushkoff. He is um, also, I don't think he's a Christian, but anyway, he has a quote and he calls it digiphrenia. Yeah. What we're facing now. And he said, it's a fracturing of our identity because we're in too many places at one time and our souls and our minds were not created to handle that. Ugh. Not created to handle the ability of being in so many places at once. And I would say that's absolutely true of our biblical identity. We were made for presence. Yes. For abiding, for depth, for relational connection, not distraction. And so this is massive um, yes. cultural revelation yeah. yes. that God is saying, why do you spend your money and your time and your energy, Isaiah 55, on what will never satisfy? satisfy? Come close to me and listen, and you will feast on what is the best. And the Lord is just like, I need to basically, like a loving parent would pry the remote out of their kid's hands who's, you know, glued to the tube, as we used to say. He's like, I want to pry that phone out of your hands and I want to put it away. And I want to retrain your brain to be able to consider me yeah. and my presence, yeah. the people around you yeah. in a deep way and be able to spend time with me without checking your phone five times to mm -hmm. be able to be in silence and stillness mm -hmm. for five minutes so that I can restore your soul. All of those things, when distraction is king in our lives, the Prince of Peace has no space to rule uh. and reign. So that, it just shook me because I started realizing coupling the science and the common sense that he presents, but he presents a ton of research. Even our, God created our brains with this chemical called myelin. He, did you read that part yep. where myelin basically forms around different neurons in your brain mm -hmm. so that your brain can have quick and quality thoughts? Mm -hmm. Distraction to, and addiction to novel stimuli erodes myelin. Mm -hmm. And God's like, I've given you this body that works powerfully to reflect my glory, but you could literally know me, experience me, encounter me, and then manifest me out to the world Come through on. all the creative gifts I've put in you. But the distraction to this device is causing you to be digiphrenic yeah. or frenetic in all of your distraction or... Um, and I felt like he just said, you know, I don't want you to be digiphrenic. I want you to be digifree. I want you to live in this digital world, but be free, Amen. be free, undistractable, undivided, deep living. And so that is what wrecked me. And there are a lot of practicals of how he's working that out in me. And it looks like a whole new way of approaching the world, really, um, because he planted these seeds of depth in my heart long ago. But the world is changing. And how do we stay deep in God when the world around us is obsessed with shallow? Oh, amen. So, okay. Big, For a second. Everyone, like there were moments there. God, Francie. Okay, first of all, <laughs> one, everyone, you need to share this podcast with everyone. <laughs> because people, especially the brave, the bold, the ones that you know crave to be good moms and good wives and like those you know we have that hunger in us we all have eternity placed in our heart you can't get yeah. away from it and so this is the deep workplace so this of confession <laughs> how many times yeah. did I feel like we just need to th we're like totally under arrest yes we're found out yes yes and Francie from the very beginning she said that this is where God, the deep work he wants to call us into is the thing for, to cultivate the thing in you that only you can bring into the world. There yep. is a message in Francie that only Francie can deliver to the world. It was written on yep. her heart and all the days of her life have been scrolled for that. But if the time is not made for yep. the ability to focus and do the thing. So this is a twofold thing. Stillness and presence in the day to day that I'm not frenetic. Yep. I'm not going to my phone, but also that I'm really focused okay. on yeah. my mission what I'm called to do and making that about about doing that only that I can do 
and not getting yeah. distracted by the other little things. So I hope you got you guys heard so many things there that we were like, oh my gosh. And what that looks like to be focused on what you're called to do, it actually, for me, it looks like literally sitting my bottom in a chair and writing for even a stretch of 30 minutes without being distracted by something. Can I hold go. a God thought in my mind for go. half an hour? Can I write it? If your thing is saying, you know, gardening for the community food pantry, that is the thing you can give. What you do for focused work is you study gardening, you study yes. all of the plants, all of the, you know, things, and then you spend your time cultivating your garden so that actually you have something to give away. If your thing is, I mean, homeschooling, that's where I am. God, how do I do the deep work of homeschooling that only I can give to my kids? Mm -hmm. It means stewarding myself with discipline yeah. in the way that I actually allow God to create a, plus, a lesson plan with me. Where, where are you going, God? What do you want to do with my kids this year? And actually creating space for focused work on whatever the good work is we're called to do. It's very practical. It's very tangible. It's the ability to reject distraction and to carve out space in our day and in our time where we steward the very practical mission, if it's a rev well and structure that you actually go to the retreat or that you actually yes. spend time every working out and focusing on that gift that yes. he's given you that he wants to give through you. Oh. oh my goodness. Okay. You also hit when you said that um, all this frenetic thinking, this digit, what do you call it? Digit frenzy? Digifrenia is Digifrenia. the word that Doug Rushkoff okay. uses. Yeah. That we're actually stripping our brains of the myelin, yeah. which yep. is myelin, actually, you can think of it, friends, so as like scary. when you have wiring in your house, there's that, that, that yeah. rubber wiring around it so that you don't get electrocuted. It's there to protect the nerve to do what it's meant to do, to be healthy and connected. That's the same thing. Myelin is the um, stripping away in the disease of MS, um, if anyone that knows someone with uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, those type of, it's literally, that's the stripping away. That's why they have the inability to, um, control their body. Like they once did, they can't control mm. their body. Like they once did. We have been given power, love, and a sound mind, power, love, and a sound mind. That sound mind is that ability yeah. to be connected to self-control that if God said it, I can do it. I have a sound mind yeah. for it. I can control. I can direct my body to sit down and have a clear thought. I can yeah. direct my body to sit down and write for 30 minutes even or whatever yeah. it is. Like that is this this connection yeah. to keeping my healthy myelin, my brain firing instead of, and we yeah. have a choice. And some of you might have read, I've been reading a, do, a lot of Dr. Caroline Leaf, which she's all about the brain. Have you heard about her, Francie? No, I haven't. Oh, you got to read. There's a book called Switch on Your Brain, which ran right connected with all this. Yes. I feel like the Lord's talking about your brain. Get back to a healthy mind of what I've given you. Power, love, a sound mind. I've given you power, love, and a sound mind. And we're not exercising yes. power, love, and a sound mind when we are completely disconnected and frenzied, right. scrolling. And but the first, So I think the first thing is that we can, can we all confess? For those of you that go, Oh my gosh. Yep. I do that. I totally. do that. My phone is always in my hand. I did a Facebook live. Yep. It was actually my first one back from sabbatical. And I challenged everyone. The first step I asked them to do was notice what you do at the next red light. What are you doing? Like yes. we often reach for our phones. Like we can't just for sit sure. there for one minute, which that's a great way, a practical way. You have to, it's you a good start. You can't go anywhere. You're stuck in a chair. Sit and breathe and try to Take have a, a thought yep. for a minute or two minutes or however long that's, however long God would foresee you to have that, <laughs> that red light. Yep. But um, this beginning place of the practical to get our minds healthy again so that we can enter into the deep work. You know, all of us, we complain, but we don't feel like we have the life that we wish we had. And so we float yeah. away into Instagram or we float away into yes. looking at another blog or reading someone else's life instead of really being present. Like Francie's life speaks to my life to become more of who I was created to be. I don't look to Francie to go, oh, Francie, tell me who I am. And, and like, I don't like comparatively to Francie. No, Francie's life right. is here to charge my life to become more more of who I was created to be. Okay, so right. let's let's flip the gear a little bit because I know people go, okay, good. We're found out. We're under arrest. <laughs> we yes. get it. We're in handcuffs. The phone is on the table. 
What are some practicals that you have started to implement? Which is what, by the way, I love about you is that you don't just read things and get ideas. You're like, okay, okay, let's, how does this play out into my life? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, it might show you how messed up I am because I need all these practicals, (laughs) but um, I think it, it, first of all, I have started paying attention to my body. So I said, you know what, this Saturday is our Sabbath. We practice Sabbath as a family on Saturday. I'm going to be, I'm going to pay attention to my body. I'm going to put my phone in our tech box, which we have in our kitchen. We have a little box where we drop our phones. And, um, I found that as I was being, even paying attention to your body is a great place to start because I, instead of in, um, just unintentionally grabbing my phone and opening it up, I would feel the urge to go pick up my phone. And then I would say, no, I'm going to stop just like you're talking about the red light. Mm -hmm. And I realized what I'm craving is entertainment or escape or affirmation. I want to see if somebody's liked what I did. And I just brought those things of my heart to God. That was the first practical. I'm like, God, search me out. Just like what you're saying. What's at the root of this addiction to distraction? Yeah. Because just adding technical, just adding tools or practicals doesn't address the root. We need to uproot whatever's at the core of it. And for me, it's often wanting to know, do people like what I post? It is wanting to escape where I'm called to be, which is hard. It's hard to be in a house with five kids 24 hours a day. And I want to run away sometimes. And God has said, Francie, come back to me and let me fill you. Don't go to Instagram and zone out. Don't go to Facebook and zone out. Come back to me. Because what I've realized when I'm on those accounts scrolling, my spirit and my mind gets dull. Mm. My posture feels yucky Mm. and I feel crutched over. I get kind of a headache after a while and I'm in a bad mood. Mm -hmm. I'm not even joking. And I started paying attention to my body when I'm using my phone for no good good reason. That's good. I feel it. So I started paying attention to my body and then practically I decided I'm going to put a lot of distance between me and my phone because I need it. Um, I got it. We've had a tech box for a couple years. I got a nightlight to put by my bed because that was one of my excuses for having my phone by my bed Mm -hmm. was I needed the nightlight to feed my baby. And so I bought a real nightlight and an old school alarm clock. Come on. And not having my phone by my bed is a game changer. Tell people about that. that, Why? Why? Yeah. That sets me up to have some space. Literally, I I did a little video about this last week. It feels like another person is in the room when my phone is on my bedside because it calls to me. And I am so, I roll over in the morning and before I even know it, I've unlocked it. And before I get out of bed, I'm checking all the things. I'm checking the news. I'm checking, see if I have any emails and I haven't even given the Lord space to realign my heart for the day or to speak truth or to fill me up with his love. And so making the practice, this is another practical is I don't reach for my phone until after I've spent time with the Lord. Yeah. And which is usually about nine o'clock in the morning. I try not to even go there. And so having my phone downstairs at night I have a nightlight and an alarm clock, and then I don't even look at it before I go to bed or when I wake up. Most people spend time with their phones before they go to sleep and when they wake up, which also gives us a real sign into how much we need space from our phones. Yeah, yeah, another tip has been... Let's see. I have so many. I, I am in a season of figuring out what this looks like, but on Instagram, when I post, I shared this with you just privately, but when I post, this is my challenge to myself. I post and then you know what I want to do? Five minutes later, I want to check it. Yeah. Has somebody liked it? I just yep. put myself out there. Who's coming I in? And you. it's not even, I'm going to reply. I'm just wanting to know, did somebody like me? And, um, the Lord's just saying, let me like you. And that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> so I have made a little, um, deal with my husband that when I post, I'm posting not to be liked, but to encourage. Mm -hmm. And therefore I can leave it and I don't have to go back and see if somebody liked what I said. I just post as an offering and as a blessing and as a way to steward my gift of writing and, and cultivating thoughts that glorify God. And so I post, and then my aim is not to check it for 24 hours. All of those little things of resisting the temptation to be near our phone and to check and to quick check all day long. If we resist that, what Cal Newport talks about in his book is that it's like doing reps as your RevWell friends will know. It's like doing reps with your brain. It's strengthening your focus muscle. So every time you resist, your brain's ability to focus gets stronger. Every time you cave to distraction, you break down the myelin and the ability to focus. So I think my big thing is trying to do any practical thing I can to put distance between me and that impulsive desire to check. God's saying, don't be an impulsive disciple. Be an intentional disciple. Use that tool of technology. Don't be used by it. Amen. Um, 
you and I've talked about scheduling distraction breaks where yeah. I yeah. Um, kind of just say, you know, my ideal is not to live distracted all day, but to live focused and present to God and to my family. But I will take a distraction break at nine, at noon and five. And those yeah. are approximate just, just for like morning, noon and night yep. to check in. And that's actually made me a little better at replying to emails because I'm notoriously bad at that because I am busy all day long and I'll see something on my phone in the car and I won't be able to respond to it. And re uh, reserving those times for checking and then responding has actually created more peace as well because there's not about 50 open messages in my brain at one yeah. time. Yes. That that's what um, those Cal are a few things. Was Cal Newport, a lot of other things. I think he also talked about which I'm going to be implementing when I come back. Um, he talked about like, well, so email clearly is one that we know can get out of control. But um, he talked about yes. like changing and having an, his autoresponder on like everything. Was that true? Like yes. was that was he in that? Yes. And then he would he would also tell people what he needed them to do next. Instead Absolutely. of, instead of, I forgot the word he said about that, but basically not getting emails that then he had to go and do all the research of what needed to be done, like really directing people. Did he talk about that or was it someone else? He did. Okay. He did. Yeah. He did. Like, he, he did a great job of describing how to reply to people who demand you to be distracted. Yeah. Because we've created a culture where somebody texts you, they expect an immediate response. But if I'm saying, hey, I'm busy being present, <laughs> I'm not busy, I'm fully um, consumed being present to my kids right now, that means you may not get a response for four hours and that uh, makes people feel uncomfortable. Right. But retraining our relationships and our friends to say, I love you, but I'm aiming to live a focused life, not a distracted life. So everyone, I hope you also hear too. Oh gosh, welcome to wellness or welcome to Revelation Wellness where <laughs> you will not be popular. <laughs> like mm -hmm. po this is not popular theology. This is not popular practice to pull away from everything that seems to be frenetic and happening quick. But it, it does go back to this is the narrow way, right? The The road yeah. is narrow. It's few and hard and hard and few will yeah. find it. And I, I just, the broad road, we, we know it, we feel it. We feel it destroying and kind of stealing and killing. It's doing something to us that if we're quiet, we can feel it. So if you're hearing this podcast yeah. and you just feel it, the invitation is into this, this deep work and the narrow places, yeah. but that'll be worth it. Your life is found in losing your life. So yes, it's unpopular, right. but you'll find kingdom, like kingdom, known like you're known in the kingdom and God has all that you need it isn't going to be found in another you know Instagram post with 200 likes or the weight loss that yeah. you're looking for whatever it is like we've got to get honest about we've made it about this or that and there are so many things that we have access to make it about where God's saying the one thing seek me first seek me yeah and I will give you all these things in good yeah. measure and I'm not stingy yeah. it's abundance and more yeah um, for me, yeah, and I, I believe, oh, go ahead, go no, ahead. go ahead, go ahead. I believe I was just going to say, I believe the fruit that we long to come from our life will come when we go to that deeper place. It yes. doesn't come from the busyness of trying to achieve some sort of standard of success on mm -hmm. our own, which mm -hmm. the world, even though, you know, the publishing, bless their hearts, mm -hmm. uh, industry says platform, you have to have platform, mm -hmm. but I don't believe that. And mm -hmm. Cal Newport doesn't believe that either. And I mm -hmm. love that because I believe that when you go to the deep places, mm -hmm. what is truly good mm -hmm. and worthy of being shared will come forth. Mm -hmm. The alternative is, I think, somewhat of a counterfeit where we scramble to create something Content. in order to please... Just Put more the content. systems of our the systems of our culture as opposed to saying what I long for is what is true and lasting fruit not a momentary taste of something that's just going to pass and that is totally replicable Ugh. so I think the, what we're longing for is this depth and it takes work but it'll be so much better yes amen I'm with you I wanted to share a few of my practicals that we've done um yes. because um I think I'm 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 at the I'm at baby phase. So <laughs> I'm taking baby steps 
Um, but I, I'm also very, I feel very varsity in my commitment. Like, oh no, this is going to happen. Like baby yeah. steps in what I'm taking, but my commitment is those Olympic size. This is, this is, I'm committed. There's nothing else. Cause once you know, like you can't unknow, like I know now this is what God's been putting his finger on. This is what he's been drawing me into all these, okay. all this time. Um, but one practical thing we did in our home, we noticed that the technology, now my kids are older mm. than yours. And so I know some of you, yeah. this is a real battle when you've got the teenagers and I mean the one probably the hard hard thing praise God homeschooling that does make an environment that you get to set my kids are in public school my daughter had um the desire my son my daughter had the desire for a phone not because they really wanted a phone but because their friends had a phone and the friends are texting and if they don't have a phone then how will they be connected to their friends and I know you mamas you feel this and so we held out for as long as we could but at some point you know I had to go okay she's in she's in this school Lord I'm going to trust you and so we began you know we gave him a phone and and all that to say we have I look back and go yeah we could have done some serious bit bigger restrictions to give them more um boundaries um so i'm just going to go on a side sidebar here if you are a mom with a child who has a phone and they are not of <laughs> of an age to of adult age i would say ability for their frontal lobes to develop and have the information and contain it well um i don't see any need for internet on a phone i don't see any need for instagrams or youtubes or any of that when they're younger like it's a phone. Let them have a phone to make a phone call. And if you want to let them have texting, then keep an eye on those texts. My kids know that that phone is our phone. And at any time we check it and we're on it. But that was something we implemented early, early on. And now, um, well, the checking of the phone, but you know, we left some rat holes open. I look back and go, mm-hmm. man, there was just some rat holes we didn't close. But then based on that, I had a real hunger. Like, that's it. These phones are stealing our lives. These phones are in the way mm. of our connection as a family. So we agreed. Well, I should say I made this statement and then they got on board <laughs> with um, one hour a day. We started family time where the bo- the phones go into the kitchen. They stay there. They're all there. And we go into our front room, which is never used for anything and we mm. began a mandated family time. Like this is our one hour so that we are together and we will be here for one so hour. Good. It felt a little bit like prison at the beginning. I'm not kidding because we didn't know what to do with ourselves. So good. The, the need to be on our phone felt real. The need to do another email for my husband felt real. Like, but we were detoxing. We were sitting there in a detox yes. tank together. We are going to sit it's here an absolute for, addiction. An, for yeah. an hour and we're going to play yeah. a game and maybe that game's going to, we're going to argue, but we're going to get through this for one hour. <laughs> hour but you're friends, gonna be present to each other right no matter we're what. totally there's no running away to your phone and after about a week of doing it I noticed I started enjoying it and longing for it and now it is the highlight of our life we all very happily turn in our phones and we're always asking what's family time tonight what game are we playing what I can't tell you this is what you're longing for like I go this is what I'd yes. always been longing for and we're laughing and we're connected. So that's one thing we started doing was one hour a day. One hour that we say there is no phones going on. Because again, my kids are older. They're talking to friends. They have homework. They're, it's just harder to manage when they're 13 and 16. Yes. Um, the second thing yeah. that we did was one day a week um, is uh, to put the phones down. And that's on Sunday. We The phones stay home. We go to church. We go to lunch. It's so funny um, to say, like, we go, if we go somewhere public, we're like, well, we need to meet back here in 10 minutes. And then my son's like, we got everyone a watch. Everyone has a watch. And we know, like, this is where we're coming back. It's so old school. But I'm like, we're going to survive. The first day we did it, they're like, what if we, what if we get lost? What if somebody, I'm like, we are going to survive this. We are going to be okay without a phone (laughs) if something should happen. Um, So that was one thing we also did. And then much like you, Francie, I have asked the Lord and been really, and asked you as well, like, it's a, me accessing my phone is a morning, like a breakfast, lunch, dinner. Um, like if around those times, a morning, afternoon, and evening that I will check my phone. But I'll be honest with you. There are times I'm like, this thing creeps back up. If you travel, For if you sure. go somewhere where For your phone's sure. in your hand more, I'm like, oh my gosh. My daughter and I went to Seattle recently and um, we were there a couple days together. And then she said something to me like, 
mom, we're on our phones a lot. I'm like, we are on our phones a lot, but I'm grateful one that she noticed it. And two, I was like, yeah, let's put these things down. Like I'm back. I'm with you. Yep. Um, And then finally for the deep work, going back to like, just like sitting down and thinking a thought of creativity. I know I'm a creative person, but uh-huh. social media, emails, all the little foxes were eating the grapes. We're now with the with things properly where they belong. Yes. I'm enjoying focusing my brain. I'm enjoying deep focus, almost it makes your brain hurt a little bit. I was telling Francie how I memorized a deck of cards. <laughs> And I challenged her to so do good. it. It's actually in the book, in his Cal Newport's book. He talks about the ability of the mind to really focus, hold information, but we don't train it. You have to train it. So he gives this exercise of memorizing a yep. deck of cards. So I did it yep. just, and my brain literally was cramping a little bit, but it felt good to stretch my brain as it was made yeah, to be stretched. It's a gift. It's a gift. Total gift. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're running out of time. I would ask, what's your what's your final like word or message for people that I know this is just ringing all kinds of bells. Um, what would be your prayer or hope or message? And then I will ask if you'd pray for everyone too. Yeah, I think um, my prayer from this is just God heal me, make me whole. Mm. And every day as we pray that honestly, there's no shoulds. There's no condemnation. There's no heaviness. It is just an invitation of his hand reaching out to ours saying, I've got something more for you. I've got something better for you. And if this is touching on places where you're like, oh, I feel convicted or I feel like I can't do enough or whatever, you just lay that down and you say, God, I just want your fullness. What's your first step for me today? Um, over the last year, God's done a radical healing in my life of anxiety, places where I've been walking with God intimately for, you know, a very long time since I was a very little girl and he revealed the deeper places where I needed healing this year from anxiety. And it's, um, you know, it's just right from Philippians where he says, do not be anxious about anything, but that anxiety, that anxiousness is do not be fragmented or fractured about yeah. anything. Amen. And schizophrenia de- de- definition is the fracturing and fragmenting of ourselves and our souls and our identity. So the Lord's like, Francie, do not be fractured mm. or fragmented about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. Mm. And this for me largely manifested there's an underlying anxiety in all of our lives caused by the presence of technology. It just creates a hum of background anxiety. Mm. And God is just saying, Francie, I want more for you. I don't want to take something away just because I'm a, a you know mean father. I want to replace it with something better, yeah. with a greater level of peace for your mind yeah. so that you can hold my love for you, hold my thoughts, and give it away. So I would say in it all is a gentle, wonderful life transforming invitation to more of him to more of his peace and wholeness and just one step at a time the holy spirit is really good at leading us on that track one day at a time one fall at a time and him picking back uh, us back up and saying it's okay i have more for you let's try it again oh man and we are with you we are for you (laughs) here you're not alone we're in this too um yeah now everyone's going to want to connect with you, Francie, and they need to know that you probably won't get back to them. <laughs> Someday I might. Someday I would love to. And, you know, I did unfollow. This is another side practical. I did unfollow everyone from Instagram. I have zero. I'm following zero people right now because I can't handle it. Oh. I get on Instagram. I'm like, I have no one to look at. I'm going to close it now. So it's a really good reminder. Someday I might graduate back to a few people. But um, I would. I am on Instagram, and I try my best to use it as a tool to encourage and inspire and so you can connect me there or on Facebook. And I'm using my best um, Holy Spirit sound mind diligence Amen. to use it, not used by it, to be there. I did have the thought of the internet would be a sad place without Revelation Wellness and Elisa mm-hmm. Keaton. And we are to occupy online. We are to be Amen. there in the name of Jesus. Not Amen. to run away and hide, but to engage, but not to let it master us. Amen. But to offer the gift of Christ through it. And I think he's just in a way disciplining us and discipling us to be able to go further and higher and deeper. So um, I would love to connect with anybody. My website is just my name, francywinslow.com. And there you um, go. mostly. There you Elisa. go. Thanks for having Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, Francie, pray. Pray for us. All right. Jesus, you are so good. Thank you for the invitation you give us to taste and see mm-hmm. that you are good. 
I pray, God, that our appetites internally have been stirred up for something that is better, for a feast of depth on you Mm -hmm. and all the things that you've created us for. I pray, God, that every person listening would have a sense of repentance if you're convicting them, but also saying that you are inviting them to more, that we would turn away from what is lesser to receive and walk in what is better. And would you continue to disciple us and discipline us so that we can be fully mature sons and daughters walking on the earth, revealing the Father to the world around us, that you would be glorified, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.